Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast, presented by the Women's Motorsports Network. I'm Melinda Russell, the founder and CEO. I also founded the International Women's Motorsports Association and the Women's Motorsports Network News Online Magazine. Today's episode is brought to you by our official travel planner, Brittany Heisinger. Brittany specializes in Disney trips, but can book any trip anywhere you want to go, from Hawaii to Houston, Alaska to Australia, or anywhere in between. Last year, she helped over 100 families plan magical vacations to Universal Studios, Disneyland and Disney World, Mount Rushmore, Las Vegas, Cabo, Hawaii, Aruba, and Iceland, to name a few. In just her first year since joining the Smart Moms Travel Group, she's won the Rising Star Award, the Top Paid Agent Award, and won a rewards trip. She hit her sales goal, joined Team Fantasyland at her agency, became a Walt Disney World pass holder and Magic Key holder, and more importantly, has made lifelong friends. You can connect to Brittany on this Instagram at travelwithzing or give her a call at 602-291-5144. Check out the show notes for more information and tell her Melinda sent you. And now it's time for this week's show. Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast, sponsored by the Women's Motorsports Network and the International Women's Motorsports Association. And today, my guest is Amy Lerner. And Amy, um, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me today. And I want to start the show off by just asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your pets, anything you're comfortable with sharing. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I suspect we're here not to talk about my dogs, but the fact that I am a uh, race driver, um, I participate in cross-country rallies, and I'm also a documentary filmmaker. Okay. Well, that's that's awesome. And are you? Do you mind sharing where you live? Yep. Not at all. I live in New Jersey, uh, so not a lot of opportunities for off-roading in you know, the half hour radius of New York City, but um, it's a sport that gives me an amazing opportunity to travel to some really incredible places, which is another reason why I like it so much. Well, let's just start right there. How did you get started? You know, how did you get interested in rally and road racing, that kind of thing? And then um, just start from there and tell us about your adventures. Yep. So my interest in motors and then motorsports started uh, as soon as I was able to, you know, scramble up into whatever Model A, Model T antique car my dad was working on and stick my hands on the steering wheel. And uh, that was where I spent most of my young days uh, out with him while he was working on whatever car he was working on and, you know, pretending to drive until I was finally able to drive uh, at like age 10 and then got interested in motorsports as a fan. Um, went to a skip barber racing school as an adult and was ready to start racing in their circuits and found out I was pregnant. I now have two kids. And when they were, uh, oh gosh, like maybe 10 and 12, I read an article in the New York times about this thing called the rally Aisha de gazelles, which takes place in Morocco. And it is a nine day, um, all women's off road, hundred percent off road navigational rally. And something about it just captured my imagination. And I took my Kindle and I put it in front of my husband. I said, honey, I found my midlife crisis. What do you think? (laughs) And he read the article and he looked at me a little fun and he said, you know what? If that's something you want to do, it sounds cool. Why don't you go for it? 
So I invited my sister to come along as my navigator. And we went to Morocco and had so much fun, started looking at other things to do. I went to Australia, um, raced a cross-country rally there, and it has led to other races and other rallies. Most recently, I was in Saudi Arabia for the second time at the Dakar rally, where I uh, competed in a 1982 Porsche 911 SC that was uh, liveried as a tribute to the Porsche factory cars of the mid 80s driven by the legendary, you know, drivers Jackie X, Rene Metch, and actually uh, had a great surprise at the bivouac one day when Jackie X turned up and we had a great chat and a visit and, you know, talked about cars. Uh, so that's, that's really been my sort of history in the racing side of things. So that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, most people get started at a local track and you went all the way to Morocco for your first event, first time to try it out. So that was, that was more than just a little gamble, wasn't it? That was a big decision. Yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was a major endeavor. Um, I had traveled, but never any place like Morocco. So just taking a trip there was a, was a leap and then something that I didn't know. Uh, how to do um, was another big leap. I was fortunate that at our first training session, I got to meet a guy named Rod Hall, who, uh, if you know off-roading at all, you know what a legendary figure he was and what an influence he had on so many people around the world. Um, I had no idea who he was at the time. I just thought he was this, you know, nice sort of self-deprecating, humble guy who, and I couldn't even honestly figure out, like, did he really know what he was doing? Because he was so humble when he taught and gave you such an opportunity to learn yourself rather than just doing what someone tells you to do, uh, that it was just, it was an incredible start to my, my rally and racing career. Yeah. And that's awesome. You know, God puts people in front of you that you need and you certainly needed him, didn't you? Yep. I sure did. I sure did. And we, uh, actually ended up becoming friends and he was a bit of a mentor of mine. And, uh, you know, fast forward 10 years, I ran into him in 2015 at the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame uh, awards dinner in Las Vegas. And we just got to chit chatting and that conversation turned into an idea that I had to make a documentary about his life and the couple of years that were leading up to his 50th consecutive Baja 1000 race, which took place in 2017. And he was the only person who was at that first race in 1967. And every single edition of that race in the 51 years that transpired. And as Rod always liked to joke, everybody else graduated. <laughs> and he just kept doing the same thing, uh, which turned into a film that, um, as I said, I, I uh, produced and co-directed, um, which is actually available now on Amazon and uh, iTunes called One More Win, which tells the story of Rod's racing, you know, in the early days. And um, he, after we started filming, uh, learned about some health issues that ended up becoming a significant factor in how he was going to get to Baja and whether he was even going to get to Baja for that 50th race. Yeah, very interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think people will be interested in watching that for sure. Even no matter what kind of motorsports you're interested in, those are interesting stories to watch for sure. Yeah, we were able to give a great bit of the history of the sport and also, you know, Rod's impact on it. And what I had originally planned to be a biography woven into some sort of current day racing and this, this record that he was going to set turned into a story that I think could will have a potentially have an impact on a lot of people because of the struggles that he faced at the end. And it became 
much more personal and much more about the man than about his career and and what he went through at the at the at the finish yeah that's that's amazing and and i love that you had the opportunity to do that and you know in in the days we live in we take thousands of pictures and videos and things but a lot of times what do we do with them they're they're buried on our phones and our computers but the fact that you took the time to put that all together and share it with other people is really a lasting impact of him for generations to come, which is really cool. Yeah, thank you. That's what I'm hoping. I have to give a big thank you to Rod's wife, Donna Hall, because she had a, had an idea from early on and was a saver of everything that had Rod's name on it. So she handed me boxes to go through with oh. race programs and news stories and all kinds of incredible stuff that we were able to use in the film as archive to you know, bring a visual moment to these stories that Rod was telling. That's even, that's amazing. So she, um, you know, I, I'm a scrapbooker in my off times and crafter. And so I understand that some people save those kinds of things and yeah. some people just don't see the value and the fact that she saw the value in it. Just yeah, incredible. It all Such came together, didn't it? Such a gift. Yep. Yep. Yeah, such a gift. So tell me about, I, I was thinking, so you called your sister up and you said, this is what I want to do. Will you go with me? What did she say? Uh, I don't remember exactly, but I don't think it took her very long to say, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so she was the navigator. Yep. And you were the driver. And so how yep. did that go? Do, do, do the two of you typically get along pretty well? like you know yeah it's 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 harder and easier to go to an event like that and the gazelle rally is nine days with no electronics no cell phones you check your cell phones at the door you check your computer um you don't get to use the the in-car navigation you have paper maps you have compasses and even if you have done it before it's incredibly challenging so the bonus of going with someone you're as close to as you are with a sister is that you guys have a communication ready and you understand each other and you also know the signs of okay she's getting a little nervous or i bet she needs a snack or you know maybe we should stop for a minute and take a drink or stretch her legs so you that stuff's unspoken but it is tougher because you do have a, such a close relationship that you know you you bring everything with you and the car is small and you're yeah. basically face to face with each other for 12 or 14 hours a day and when you're not in the car with each other you're sleeping in a tent together right so it's a lot of togetherness which is actually you know which is kind of a, a really cool thing to experience it, with someone well it really is and as long as there's no big blow-ups you know yeah along the way somewhere so did she have to learn a lot of things about the i would think that the navigator would have a hard job if they weren't used to doing that kind of thing so does she have a background in something that made her a good navigator or how does that work yeah the driver is always the one that gets the shiny photos and the glory but in a lot of events the driver would not be able to do what they were able to do if the navigator or co-driver depending on what kind of a event it is was as good as they were and she came into it not having done anything specifically like that before, but she knew basic rap meet, I'm sorry, map reading. And she also had studied geology. So she was incredible at looking at the squiggles at the map and going and, you know, pointing and saying, okay, this squiggle is that mountain, this squiggle is that mountain. And then all the way in the back, you can barely see this squiggle. 
and I look at it and it's hieroglyphics. I hadn't, I, I, even after, you know, multiple times of that event, I cannot make the translation the way she could do like that from map to real world. Yeah, because I, you know, when my husband, my husband drives and I navigate and works pretty well. Yeah. Um, but everybody doesn't have that relationship, you know, and sometimes it can get a little tense and we travel pretty well together. So it's good. Um, yeah, it's good. And it's good that you and your sister do as well. So you've been a lot of places. What was the favorite place that you went where you went for a, a race? Oh my gosh. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, Wall Street saying you're only good as your as good as your last trade, which translates into motorsports. You're only as good as your last, last race. race. So I kind of like to say my favorite race was the, you know, you ask me now, my favorite race was the last one, and my next favorite is the one that's coming up. They're they've all been incredible. Um, I actually just had a really amazing experience, not competing at a rally in Saudi Arabia called the Rally Jamil, which uh, just took place a few weeks ago, and that was the first. Um, all women's motorsport in history in Saudi Arabia. And the first time Saudi Arabian women had an opportunity to compete in an event like this. And it was pretty incredible to be on the sidelines working with a, a team of uh, two journalists who meet and John Reddy and also shooting some video and doing some interviews. So it was really, that was, that was kind of an amazing experience to see the, the birth of something completely new for women who hadn't had an opportunity, even if they were inclined to do something like that in their own country. So it was pretty incredible. And the, the landscapes there are beyond belief. I mean, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful. Is it really? Spectacular. Yeah. So what you did there, then where, like, if I wanted to read about it or find, you know, what, tell me about that. Where's that located that I could find that? So it's, uh, I, the website, I believe is just Rally Jamil, uh, J-A-M-E-E-L.com. Uh, or if you just Google Rally Jamil Sumid um, and put together a tremendous amount of coverage in the U.S. So you'd be able to find a bunch of news articles about it. There actually were several American teams that came over to compete as well uh, as some women from some other countries. Um, so it really, I think next year will be an even bigger global yeah. effort and an opportunity to go to a place. I mean, when I was there the first time at Dakar, you know, we would go places and look and say, well, you know, how many humans who aren't from this country have been here before? And the right. answer is only the guys that drove in front of you, not too many otherwise. And it's yeah. kind of a, kind of a neat component to it. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, that would just, you know, there's so many things happening that women are doing and that most people don't know anything about like, like that. You yeah. know, that doesn't make the national news. That doesn't make news really even in motorsports that much, um, unless you're just finding, happen to run across that article somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that we're able to share that and, and talk yeah. about what those women are doing, that's pretty amazing for sure. So for somebody who doesn't understand or know that much about what you, you know, what kind of race it is and how it works, why don't you explain that a little bit? You mean something like the Rally Jamil? Yes. So that is uh, similar to the Gazelle Rally in Morocco or the Rebel Rally here in the United States in that it is not a race for speed. It is a navigational rally uh, with some components of what's called a regularity rally thrown into it, which means you need to get from point A to point B in a certain exact amount of time. And you're scored 
along the way based on not only do you get to the start to the finish at the same time, but are you at the right time two kilometers in, four kilometers in. So it, it's really challenging for the co-driver and challenging as well for the driver because they're not driving on terrain they've ever seen. You don't see the course ahead of time. Um, you will get a set of of race notes in the morning, a, a road book, which has, they're called tulips, which are little instructions, which has, you know, a couple of squiggles, a triangle and some numbers on it. <laughs> and the job of the co-driver is to interpret that and know that in 200 meters, uh, we're gonna make a left turn and we'll see a mountain on our right. And to translate those graphics on the road book into what's in front of the car so that they can guide the driver to do what they need to do and not only not get lost, but also make sure that if they're supposed to be keeping a certain speed, the speed is correct, uh, warning about any dangers, um, you know, anything like that to keep them moving and keeping them on pace to do what they need to do over the course of the day. So it's just a full day of that with different checkpoints in between. Uh, you know, some of it was in sand dunes, some of it was in rocks, uh, lots of different kinds of terrain lots of easy ways to get lost, um, you know, and you have to, you have to not only be able to follow the road book, but you have to problem solve. If you get lost, how do you figure out where you are? How do you get back? If you get stuck in the sand, how do you get unstuck? How do you get moving again? You know, there's a lot of, a lot of components to it. So it's really, it's not just get in the car and step on the throttle. It's, it's complicated. And yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, it takes a smart person to actually figure all that out or somebody who has a lot of knowledge like I've been to the sand dunes in you know in Michigan which doesn't compare but it's my only reference and if you got stuck there you know I understand how that would work but right. getting stuck out where you were is a whole nother story so um how do you how do you learn all those things just by doing and getting stuck and figuring it out or is there a lot of yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is just what the, the experience you have and how you manage it. Um, but there, that said, you know, every event pretty much will have some type of a training course you can go to. There's, uh, you know, general four by four skills. You can get those in a, a number of different schools around the country are great to have. There are people that do online navigation training, road book training, all that stuff. So, you know, if someone's considering an event like that, learn as much as you can ahead of time, mm -hmm. but know that even if you spent, you know, a year training, you will still encounter things that you have to figure out in that moment. Right. Because you can never plan for everything. Absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> Especially when you don't know what the course is going to be. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So ha have you gotten lost? How badly have you gotten lost or not? Uh, uh, back at the, in the gazelle rally, it's, it's very easy to get lost. Um, not badly lost. Uh, it can still happen even at the level of Dakar, you know, the, 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 the ultimate off-road motorsport event in the world, um, you know, and very, very high level of competition. We had, uh, a situation where we were in a transit, which is the distance you travel between two competitive sections to get from the finish of one to the start of the next and got lost in a town called Heil. And Sarah, you know, missed a direction and we somehow were on this network of highways and had no way to know to get back where we were. So I had the brilliant idea of, wait a minute, there was a huge mosque. We should be able to see that huge mosque. And the highway that we were on when we were right, ran right past the huge mosque. So we headed 
back towards the center of town and we're you know peering over buildings and looking and finally we spotted the top of the huge mosque and got ourselves back to it in the direction we were going the first time and picked up our pace again and got back on course so it's problem solving like that you have to figure out how to fix what you need to fix in situ which is part of the fun yeah and you kind of have to be aware of your surroundings and take note of of different landmarks or different things and if you get lost and that's how you found your way back that's pretty interesting exactly yeah yeah you've got a sumid uh just shared with me a, a phrase that she actually learned she said from darren skilton uh gps eyes yeah it's, absolutely it's exactly what i said you know if you're looking around paying attention something you're going to spot something that will help you get back on track if you get off of it oh yeah for sure yeah i'm i'm fascinated with the what you guys do because you know i've never been able to to be there in person obviously or to see it and it wouldn't be something that probably spectators really come to because there's really not anything to watch except maybe the start to finish right right yep. or if you go through a town maybe the people yeah. you know maybe they're aware maybe they're not but um i just think it would be so fun to be like the third person in the car and be the back, you know, just like go along for the experience and not have any of the pressure of driving or navigating. That's what I would want to do. I would just want to ride in the back and enjoy the experience. <laughs> you need to get some one of these rallies to create a ride along category. I think so. I think so you just sit in the back and take it all in. Yeah, you just pay pay a certain amount of money to be that third person, yeah. and and you can have no input. You have to be quiet. You can't help the team or whatever, but you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'd love to be the ride along, kind of like um, I wanted to do the. We were at Mid Ohio for the motorcycle races. We used to go there all the time. And then, you know, they go down the back stretch at 180 or whatever the crazy amount of speed is on a motorcycle. And um, one, one year when we were there, they were offering ride alongs. You could mm. ride on the back. Yep. And I, I, I kept hearing about it. And finally on Sunday, I said to my husband, I, I want to do that. He's like, go do it. And I'll be darned if it didn't like, by the time I really said, okay, I'm going to go do it. It started to rain. Oh, and so I didn't get to do it. And so I always said, you know, God was telling me, Melinda, you don't need to be doing that. So he, <laughs> he rained out the race, the rest of the race. But anyway, I know that sounds crazy, but it was like, I really would have enjoyed that. I love that. Yeah. Yep. I think I would have loved it. So I, I would enjoy riding in the backseat and checking out what, what you do. So what's, what do you love the most about it? Um, aside from, I like to drive fast. I would say the thing that I like about this particular type of motorsport, which is, you know, rally cross-country rally, navigational rally is the mental input that you need. And the fact that you are not, uh, you know, driving someplace you saw before, you can't say, okay, here's this tree. So I know in, in 200 meters, I got to edge to the left a little bit because there's going to be a hole and that way I can go faster. You've got to constantly process what you're taking in, what you're seeing, what you're hearing and adapt how you're driving. So for me, that's super fun. Yeah. And it's very challenging, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then I would think that when you're done, you feel very accomplished that you did it. Even if you were last, 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. You finished. You did it. Right. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. To, to go back to Rod Hall's famous, you know, to, to finish first, you must first finish. It's mm-hmm. particularly apt in something like a cross country rally where you've got multiple days of events and in, yeah. you know, Dakar and the Baja 1000, um, half the cars that start don't even finish. So yeah. just getting to the finish meant that you were better than half the entrance. <laughs> you know? Right. No small feat. It's, it's quite hard to just finish one of these things because an important component, which we didn't touch on yet, is knowing your vehicle and not hurting it because that right. vehicle has got to make it for two weeks of abuse. So you have to know how far to push it. Even on a navigation rally, you've got to know how far you can push your car. Okay. So let's talk about that. Where, did, where do you get your car? Do you own your car? Um, how does that, how does that work? Do you have sponsors that help you pay to get your car ready? Talk about that. Yep. So it's, it's been different, different events over the years. Um, I've had, I've had different sponsors. Um, one of the early ones was American Expedition Vehicles. They built a Jeep for me that I used in Morocco at the Gazelle Rally twice. Um, I have also competed in a FJ Cruiser, a uh, SUV, uh, no, sorry, a side-by-side, a Polaris at the mid-400. I raced in a Polaris. Um, one of the most fun slash terrifying experiences that I had racing was at the mid-400 um, when Shelby Hall asked me if I would like to drive with her. She was going to be racing Rod Hall's uh, Baja 1000 overall winning Ford Bronco. <laughs> and Very cool. It was really cool, really fun. Um, that Bronco is fast. It's it's hard. There's no suspension. Uh, it's not an easy ride at all. Um, but the fact that you know Rod trusted me and Shelby trusted me to take part of the driving duties was was really pretty awesome. Yeah, that that is very awesome. Yeah, yeah. that says a lot about you. Without saying anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So what's your favorite, do you prefer to be the single driver and have a navigator, co-drive, what, or would you ever want to just be the navigator? What, what would be your favorite? Uh, for me, hands down, I would like the steering wheel. I like driving. I have, I have not co-driven a speed event, a race. I did co-drive, um, also with Shelby Hall driving at the Rebel Rally, and um, it was a very short notice. I didn't really have a chance to train much. Um, I did okay, but I prefer the left seat. You know, I would, I would do it again, but I, I prefer the driving and, and I prefer, you know, the stuff with a little more speed. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Sounds like you like to go fast. Carefully. Carefully. <laughs> so now when you talk about, so let's say you're at point A and you have to be at point B within a certain amount of time. What if you get there early? Is that a penalty? I mean, do you have to really monitor your speed? Yeah. So the the Dakar Classic, which is what I just competed in, is primarily a regularity rally. And it is off-road. And it is um, at speeds that are very suited to the terrain. So I learned that if you had a speed that was, you know, a section that was going to be 45 kilometers, that means the terrain was going to be really bad. And if the section was going to be 100 kilometers, that means it's going to be easier. We're going to be able to go faster. So the speeds would change within a section and there would be waypoints. And at each waypoint, uh, you were given a time that you're supposed to be at that first waypoint. And if you're there, you know, seconds early, seconds late, you're penalized. Okay. So you can catch up 
so that you finish at the exact time. But if you're off early or late at those waypoints, you do get penalized. So that's about, you know, there's, there was enough speed to make it interesting based on the terrain, but it's also about precision, which okay. was a new component for me last year. And one that really, again, you'd think, okay, well, you're not just going super fast. It's gotta be boring, but it was super, super hard and super interesting. So if you're coming up to a waypoint and you're a little bit early, do you, can you just stop and <laughs> wait till it? You, you can in theory, but then you've got to speed up because there are also hidden waypoints. So you could have your time checked, not just at the roadbook note where you know there might be a waypoint, but it could be in the middle of a section. So you can't oh, just okay. speed up stop 10 meters before it and be like, okay, I'm looking at the clock, tick, 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 okay. tick, tick. Okay, now go. Because maybe, you know, a hundred meters before that, you got clocked for being a minute fast. Okay. So I, it's really, really precision. I, I the figured there had to be something in place because yeah. what would stop you from right. doing that, <laughs> right? So that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning a lot. Every time I talk to somebody that does this, I learned a lot because I really didn't know that much about it prior to meeting Sue Mead and some other people. And um, it's just really interesting to me. I just, I just absolutely love it. So what's your next event? Where are you going next? Uh, not a hundred percent yet, but I am looking into going to the Andalusia rally in Spain in June, which is put on by the same folks that uh, run the Dakar and it will be, if I do it in a, you know, it'd be the speed rally, the main rally component of it. Yeah. Okay. And when would that be? That is the second week of June. Okay. So it's coming up, not too far away. Yeah. yeah. And, and for that one, uh, the team that was my support for Dakar G rally based in Belgium would probably just provide a vehicle. So I would just sort of arrive and drive. Okay. In that case. All right. Sounds good. And then are there any bucket list ones that you really want to do someday? I have to tell you, I have been really fortunate to be able to tick a lot of them off. Um, one that still looks pretty incredible is the East African Safari Rally. Oh, that which, sounds awesome. Yes, is an event that Rod did back in the day when it was just a rally for the current era cars. And it was uh, reinvigorated, I guess, a number of years ago, and it is now a vintage car rally. And the oh. looks spectacular. Lots of more muddy than the desert stuff, but looks really, really beautiful. Oh, that sounds amazing to do something like that. <laughs> and yeah. that's in Kenya, Kenya primarily. Oh, yeah. Wow. Very cool. So, Amy, what have I not asked you about that we need to share with my listeners? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I We've actually covered quite a lot of stuff. Um, the only thing I always like to, you know, sometimes people will ask me, well, well, gee, how do I do it? You know, we, we touched on that a little bit. The other question that I frequently get, but not always is, you know, as a woman in motorsports, you know, do you think this or that? And um, I would say that I have seen a change in the number of women in motorsports in the 12 years that I've been doing this. And I am so happy that I am, I don't get to take home the women's trophy, the best woman driver, you know, the fastest woman trophy, just by showing up anymore, had to work for it, yeah. which is awesome. Um, and if you're, you know, a woman or a man or anybody really, but a woman considering it, there's nothing in 
this type of motorsport that physically prevents a woman from doing it. Yeah. You know, you can't be super weak and super tight and, you know, you, you have to be flexible. You have to have core strength because you're banging around for a long, long time. Yeah. You've got to lift a tire, you know, that right. kind of stuff. But there's nothing that says that you can't do it just as well as anybody. You know, there's, there's no gender disparity or anything okay. that I've seen in this sport. It's just the way it's been historically. And I think yeah. in another 10 years, the, the, it's going to look very different again. Oh, it's, it's for sure. Just changing. It's just changing almost daily. I mean, yeah. we just, we see in, you know, NASCAR or circle track racing, which is honestly what I cover a lot of because it's mm -hmm. so popular here, but you know, we just see big sponsors coming on board and, and putting money towards women in motorsports. And, and it's every day you just wonder what's, who's going to be next to see that the value that these women are bringing to motorsports and I absolutely, I love that part of it, obviously, because I'm, that, yeah. I'm about the women. So I always say we love the men, but we're all about the women, you know, <laughs> so we have to, we have to keep loving those guys because we need some competition, right? But we, yeah. we also want to have the women connected and celebrated. And that's what I like to do. Yeah, and just have the opportunities. And, and you mentioned something really important that I've noticed a change too, is the sponsorship and the companies, and they're realizing that their sponsor dollars are going to get as much, if not more, more value for them. Yeah. So it's, it's great to see the financial support coming to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I did a lot of research this past winter, um, you know, about the percentage of women that do this and the percentage of women that buy that, and whatever. And we know that women are the the largest purchasers of pretty much everything. Yeah. And so yeah. if they, if these sponsors want to reach the people who purchase green beans at Kroger or, or the next car for the family, they need to be targeting the women. Yeah. Because yep. they basically are making those decisions and nothing against the men, but it's just how things have evolved. And it's, and it's just the, the fact that that's how it happens. And so um, I, and I love that. I love that women are being assertive and showing that they have just as much ability and smarts and, and interest as the men. And so it makes it so much fun to, yeah. you know, probably go to these rallies and see more and more women participating. Yeah. The, the, the more diverse the field, the better in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Amy, how could someone follow you, follow what you're doing, your your road racing, that kind of thing. Let us know where we can keep track of you. So I am uh, on social media. It's at Team Learner. And then, as I mentioned, uh, one more plug for my One More Win film. Uh, the yes. website for that is onemorewinfilm.com. Or as I mentioned, it's available now on uh, Amazon and iTunes. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I encourage everybody to check that out because that's those kinds of stories are just so uplifting and interesting and and so much different than some of the normal things that we can find on Amazon or iTunes. So let's, let's support our fellow road race or, you know, rally racer, our, our, <laughs> our woman in motorsports and, and uh, check that out. So I, I'm going to check you. it out for sure myself. Thank so you. Amy, I just want to thank you so much for being with me today. This has been really interesting. Like I said, I just learned every time that I get a chance to talk to one of you ladies that, that, you know, the sport that you're in is 
amazing as far as travel and and the things that you have to know and the things that you learn and the experiences you have and and I would I would love to be able to do that but my back probably would not take <laughs> riding in the car but if they ever do something now I, I know the rebel rally is or rebel rally is in the United States right yep and so and it's in like the California glamis somewhere over yeah, there. Cali California, Nevada, usually, I think. So that would be the one where I'd want to do the third seat. I could probably handle that. <laughs> Shoot them an email. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I may have to do that. Excuse me. I have a bad cough. So, well, I just want to thank you for being with me today, Amy. And I encourage everybody to check out what Amy's doing in her documentary that she did. And uh, just good luck. And I'm going to keep following you and keeping oh, tabs you. on what you're doing because I really find it interesting. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me on. It's fantastic talking to you. Thank you. If you're looking to buy, sell, or trade the stuff that strokes your engine, anything from truck parts to classic and muscle cars, RVs to hot rods and everything in between, then check out the official classifieds at racingjunk.com. RacingJunk.com is the world's number one online racing and performance marketplace. The ultimate one-stop shop where you'll find what you need to rock your ride. If it belongs in your garage, it's for sale on RacingJunk.com. Log on to RacingJunk.com to find the gear you're looking for, sell your extra stuff, keep up on racing news and tech tips, and more. Again, that's RacingJunk.com and tell them Melinda sent you. Thank you for listening to the Racing Girls Rock podcast brought to you by the Women's Motorsports Network.